1: Hey, so I'm here getting ready to chat some Raptors with Blake Murphy. Uh, really excited. One of, the, one of the first preview pods we're doing here. First one for the Eastern Conference. Uh, so it should be, we're going to talk a lot about uh, locations and minutes and good stuff like that. You can find Blake on Twitter at Blake Murphy OVC. Uh He does a lot of stuff for Raptors Republic. Uh, great, great follow. He has a lot of cool stats that I always can't see now that I try to retweet. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited. What's going on, Blake?
0: Not much, man. Excited for the uh, the season to kick off. I guess some teams doing media day today, but Monday really for most of the league, it's officially here. Waitings, uh, waitings done. How are yeah, you doing?
1: I'm great, man. I cannot wait. Uh, usually by April, I'm a little bit worn down and like, all right, need a break. But now I'm uh, I'm ready to go, man. Uh, I'm I'm so pumped for for the season right now.
0: And, yeah, me uh, too. This no, is uh, it's been enough hypothetical. Yeah,
1: no more muscle watch. Yeah, all that. Muscle. I'm, I'm sure we'll hear plenty of muscle watch on uh, in, in the media days, though. <laughs> All right, so let's get down to this. The Raptors obviously surprised some folks, so at least a little bit after they, uh, you know, had a pretty bad first round, and then they they made a little bit of a run. Um, but yeah, I, I think we. I think people are most curious to see what happens with Norman Powell, uh, a guy who total surprise uh, post break. If you look at his pre break numbers, he had a 17 usage rate. Uh, 30.1 true shooting percentage in 24 games, 7 minutes per. Some of that was due to DeMar Carroll. And then post-break, he upped his, he doubled his true shooting to 60 in 23 minutes over 25 games. And then split the difference of the playoffs at 46 true shooting. 17 usage rate uh, in those 18 games in the playoffs, 11 minutes. Didn't play quite as much as we thought. So the first thing I want to ask is uh, that lineup, they used it 36 minutes in the in the postseason the Lowry DeRozan Powell Carroll JV lineup fifth most used in the playoffs do you think that Casey will be more I guess likely to play a lineup like that especially with uh losing a little bit of depth up front
0: yeah I think uh you know I think those kind of smaller lineups are what you can expect a little bit I don't think they're you know I don't think they're plan a um I know you want to talk about the backup center spot uh a little later so I think you know they're not going to go small, heavy early on, but they're very fond of, even with Patrick Patterson and Jared Sullinger right now, and last year with Luis Skoll in the Sullinger spot, they're fond of going small. Um, their closing lineup during the regular season was Joseph Lowry, uh, DeRozan, Carroll, and JV when when everyone was healthy. So um, Casey, over the last couple of years, has shown this fondness to play one true big, to play two guards together. Uh, in this case, it's three wings, and I think this might be the look when everyone's healthy that gives them, you know, I I think it's their best defensive lineup if you accept that DeMar DeRozan's going to be on the floor uh, no matter what. Um, You know, Jonas Valanciunas is suddenly their best defensive big man. Norman Powell, Damari Carroll are their best defensive wings. Uh, And while Corey Joseph is solid defensively, you know, Lowry's going to be out there and is a quality defender himself. Uh, So one of the questions for training camp is where Norman Powell, who has earned minutes, is going to get them. Um, and part of that is a competition with Terrence Ross as the first swing off the bench. But I think these smaller looks are going to be a way for, you know, Casey to get Norm some early run. Uh, and then, you know, the Raptors looked pretty good with this lineup and lineups like it, where they can get out and run a little bit. They can use their speed in transition. And then on defense... They can switch across a couple positions. Um, you know, Carroll can guard a four if it's a bulkier one. Norman Powell's maybe a little slender, but he has the, you know, the functional size in terms of wingspan and lower body strength to guard some threes. He, he checked Paul George in the first round of the playoffs a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be used quite as heavily as it was in, say, that first round of the playoffs or throughout the playoffs as a whole. Um, but I think you'll see it. I think that's... uh You know, I think Casey liked what he got out of that, the way the two-way play from it. And I think it's a good way to get Powell, who's facing a bit of a minutes crunch, involved early on.
1: Nice. Good to know. One thing uh, you brought up, and I kind of want to ask you really fast, was the Corey Joseph thing. I was a little surprised. Uh, I didn't project Lowry to play 37 minutes a game last year. He's 30. Do you think that maybe there's not such a gap? between 37 minutes for a point guard with how much he does. Do you see him hitting that again? I mean, I I don't. Know. If I'm bet, if I'm making a bet there, I'd probably bet the under on thirty seven. Not by a lot, obviously, but that's a lot for a guy that does as much as he does on both ends.
0: Tell you what, if I were running the team, I would bet well under because <laughs> it was kind of a you know it was kind of a drum that I banged throughout the second half of the season last year. And look, it didn't end up you know the elbow thing he dealt with may have happened regardless, and he didn't get really you know. You know, they didn't suffer the consequences for him playing so much. But for the bulk of the year, I was like, look, man, like Corey Joseph has established himself now as one of the best backup point guards in the NBA. And DeLon Wright, uh, from what he's shown, you know, he was the term shouldn't exist, but he was considered closer to NBA ready than most coming out of the draft. Uh, He was, you know, at the offensive end, he was dominant in the D League. In summer league, he's looked too polished for you know, his peers in that regard. He could even play some spot minutes too. Um, and then Norman Powell's ball handling has um, accelerated to the point that they might, eh, with the lawn right out for the first month of the year, Norm might be the, the third string point guard. So, yeah, I would be scaling back Lowry's minutes. Um, Joseph jumped from 18 to 26 last year. He wore down a little bit at the end of the year. Um, but still, I think with it, you know, he's still very young. He's uh, just turned 25. So he could see an uptick in minutes. And even if he doesn't see an uptick in minutes, um, they play two point guard lineups so often that they could just scale that back a little bit um, and and trim Lowry's minutes. So I don't know. I I have kind of 34 in my head as, you know, roughly what I'm penciling Lowry in for, which seems like a big drop, but it's more in line with, you know, teams who aren't fighting tooth and nail for a playoff spot. That's kind of what they play their star guys when they're in their 30s.
1: Yeah, I saw a great stat from Todd Haberstroh about that, saying how guys are so much more likely to get hurt in road game back-to-backs. So I think that teams with 30-year-old players who do so much, like Lowry, may be more inclined to dial back in spots like that. Uh, I know Russell Westbrook, for instance, he played, I want to say, like three or four minutes less per game uh, in road back-to-backs versus other kinds of games. Um, and, yeah, those are usually closer games, too, um, with the, with the weak rest for those guys. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you mentioned, too, I just want to talk about how there's, like, so many combinations from one through three that it's kind of, like, leaking over into the four spot. Uh, So, and another thing I I know people want to know about is Jonas Valachunas. We loved him two seasons ago when we were, like, all right, 28 minutes a game. This guy is so money, shoots the ball really well, goes to the line, blocks shots. I mean, for fantasy owners, we love love students, stuff like that. And then Casey has dropped his minutes in each of the last two seasons. So with Biombo gone, Jakob Pertle not quite ready, Bebe, and then Sully, we'll see what they do with him. Could they could they get JV, who's 24, could he get 30 minutes or even back to that 28, 29 range that he was in a couple
0: seasons ago? I think that's I think that's generally the plan. Um last year when he went down, he he suffered two injuries. And the big reason that Balanchunas' minutes came down last year wasn't necessarily um, his player, or the team's faith in him. But Bismack Biombo proved so damn good off the bench. Um, you know, they they kind of used those guys as a one-two punch. Biombo carved out a role where he kind of deserved 18 to 20, maybe even 24 minutes a game. Uh, so those guys, they really liked them as a two-headed monster where Biombo would come in with the second unit and, you know, the, the Raptors would start to lock teams down and then Valanciunas would be out there when they needed an offensive punch. And it was kind of, it kind of became that format um, later in the year when, when everyone was healthy, that it was an offense defense thing. Um, but I definitely think that's going to go back up. Valanciunas is talented enough. He's in good enough condition where he could play 30 minutes a game. Uh, you know, two years ago, you mentioned he was playing over 28 minutes a game and the backup options this year aren't nearly as polished as, you know, or as good as Bismack Biyombo. Lucas Noguera is probably going to get first crack at it. And, you know, as much as he has a track record of playing very well, uh, for brief stretches or in the Spanish ACB league, he hasn't shown it game to game or even possession to possession in the NBA. And consistency is a hard thing to teach. So we still kind of have to see if he's going to figure it out and and that'll click in camp. And then you mentioned Jakub Pertl being a little bit away still. I think the team would prefer not to have to throw him to the Wolves. Uh, and even So even when you factor in Sullinger maybe playing some minutes as a small five, there's going to be a heavy load on Valanciunas. And uh, one thing I think you'll see the Raptors do a little bit more of this year. You mentioned those um, smaller looks where the one, two, three crunch is bleeding over to the four. Um, I think you'll see Valanciunas play a little bit more with bench units. Uh, Last year, he played the bulk of his minutes with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Um, I think you could see him maybe playing with the second unit a little bit more as the second unit maybe struggles for offense. I'm not sure they will, but that that was something that came up last year when um, Biombo would share the floor with Corey Joseph without Kyle Lowry. Uh, so I think they'll look for a couple more ways to get him not only more minutes, but maybe a few more touches outside of the starting lineup. Um, and then the big thing for him will be, you know, to, to keep that minutes load around 30 a game, he still has to show improvement at the defensive end, which, you know, last year, career high in block shots per game. Uh, but the rim protection numbers were less impressive than they were in 2014-15, even though the system was tweaked to better suit his strengths. Um, so he, you know, yeah, they're they're... I'm sure they're penciling in 30 to 32 for him right now, but he's going to have to earn it every time he's out there uh, because Casey's shown he's not afraid to, you know, go small or look to a different option if Valanciunas doesn't have it night to night.
1: Yeah, that sounds really good for. A, I'm a big JV guy, and I mean, playing minutes in the second unit sometimes people get scared, but hey, DeRozan had a 30 usage rate last year, Kyle Lowry 26, so that bodes well for even more shots for JV, who at times looks like a post monster. One thing I do want to ask, as a little bit of a tangent, JB didn't look good this summer. Um, no, he got he he got a, a lot of people angry, a lot of people scratching their heads for a guy who has usually dominated the international competition. Does that scare you at least a little bit, or not at all?
0: Not really. Um, I think it was an anomaly. Like maybe part of it was fatigue, where you know that's what his. I think his seventh straight summer playing with the national team and he's played it every every single summer since he's been drafted. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of fatigue there. Um, I could also see a case where with the Raptors having gone into late June and then um, the Olympics starting up in, what was it, late July they started up, uh, yeah. maybe Valanciunas took some time off in between and maybe didn't get to Lithuania camp in peak shape. But, um, you know, there was a lot of time between the end of the Olympics and the start of training camp. It I think it, it was six games. Like, it, yeah, he shot poorly. He didn't assert himself. He still rebounded really well uh, for the tournament standards. And that Lithuania team, you know, struggled to get him the ball sometimes. A few opposing coaches had mentioned how their entire defensive game plan was designed around Valanciunas, and that obviously won't happen at the NBA level with Larry and DeRozan around. Uh, so I'm not concerned. It was it was frustrating and annoying, and I would much rather have taken optimism out of it than shrugging my shoulders. But I think it's fine. Yeah, I hope that, it's
1: fine. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. It's fine, it's fine. Cue up the uh, the gif of the, the burning house. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but I, just to back your point up, how many Americans just rested because they, the playoffs went so late? Curry, all those guys are like, ah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. So, yeah, I, I don't care about it at all. I think he'll be good coming into his yeah. now.
0: And, and DeRozan played on the U.S. team, and he still rested most of the time.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, in the U.S., I mean, for U.S. guys to rest with the depth on that team... I mean, Harrison Barnes made the team. That's, that's all you need to know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so kind of changing gears a bit. Uh, like you said, we, we kind of alluded to, there's some young guys a lot of people may not know. We know uh, the Bruno, the Brazilian Kevin Durant. Um, we talked about Norman Powell already, Bebe a little bit, Devon we talked about. Uh, any, And we talked about Pirtle not really being in the mix. Could you see anybody, I guess besides Norm, making an impact? And then I'll also add with this question, what's up with Terrence Ross? Feels like he's kind of been... I don't want to say Wally Pipped, but he's uh he's looks like he's buried on the depth chart a little bit right now.
0: Yeah, it's uh the Terrence Ross Norman Powell argument is one that, you know, you ask a Raptor fan, and that's uh that's gonna be a touchy subject because the thing is that Norman Powell, even last year and you know, if you only look at his last quarter of the season, which maybe isn't fair, um, he was he showed he's better than Terrence Ross at most basketball things. Mm-hmm. But the thing that Terrence Ross is better than him at is really, really important. It's shooting. Ross has, you know, Powell had that small sample um, where he shot, what, 40.4% on 89 threes, which is great. Super encouraging. Um, He shot the lights out in the second half. But Terrence Ross has four years of high-volume shooting as a top-20 shooter in the NBA. And on a team that, you know, sometimes wants for shooting uh, or wants for spot-up shooting, at least, uh, Ross is really important. So, um, you know, I think it's going to—I think they'll enter the season where— you know, short of a disaster in training camp, Ross is in the rotation and they're trying to find power room in funky lineups or on nights that Ross doesn't have it. Um, but Ross has to feel the kind of crunch. And if if it's not this year that Ross figures it out, he's going to lose his job by, uh, you know, the quarter way of the season because the Raptors, for as young as they are, are in the business of winning games. And Terrence Ross is hardly a prospect anymore um, from the other guys. I mean, Bruno, I've taken to calling him now the Brazilian Ronaldo Major because, (laughs) uh, you know, he's still... Let's focus on his D-League performance for a little bit first. Maybe he can come at Ronaldo Major's all-time D-League scoring record (laughs) before he takes shots at Kevin Durant. Um, I don't expect much from him. I think Pertle and Siakam, um, you know, they showed some flashes at Summer League. Siakam, obviously, in a very small amount of time. Uh, The team's very high on both. Uh, But with the... You know, with the depth that they have in the front court, and it's not great, but they're both third on the depth chart at their respective positions. Uh, we saw how that worked out for DeLon Wright and Norman Powell for most of the year last season. So uh, Wright is maybe the most interesting of those names just because, you know, he's a guy that's ready to play backup minutes in the NBA and doesn't have a path to them. Uh, he's going to miss the first month of the season. And then I have a hunch... Uh, the Raptors are going to kind of do the baseball thing where they'll send him to the D league for like a rehab assignment. Um, but yeah, where he gets the minutes is kind of interesting because, you know, those two point guard looks, if maybe you could argue that Delon Wright should get those minutes, that's another opportunity to get Norman Powell on the floor. Um, and, you know, as, as high as they might still be on, right. Powell's shown what he can do at this point. So um, I don't think any of these guys are primed for like a Norman Powell sized breakout Um, If I were to pick someone who's going to catch attention, it would probably be Siakam just because he plays with such a high energy Mm. and he's a he's a really affable guy. So if he gets playing time, uh, you know, he's going to get noticed and people are really going to like him in his game. Uh, But I don't think, you know, I don't think there's going to be a scenario where any of these guys outside of Norman Powell um, is really pushing Dwayne Casey to make rotation changes around them.
1: Yeah, uh, he ran the floor really, really well at Summer League, man. I was like, oh, he's he, so fast. Yeah, you look at his stats. You're like, all right, this guy can block shots. He's kind of like a Biombo 2.0 kind of a guy. And man, he's he can run, man. Him yeah, and he, I'm trying to think who else. Just um, oh, check Diallo for the Pelicans. Those two guys were like, look at their numbers. They're like, all right, these guys don't play like that, man. They're they're nice.
0: Yeah, the Raptors are really high on them. They they think the ball skills going to come along pretty well. The the jumper. Is a little clunky right now. There's a lot of noise in it, but they think um, if they work with them. And, and remember, Norman Powell, his jump shot was considered a, a problem entering last year, and they really worked the, the kinks out of that. Um, they think you know Siakam's going to be able to step out the 15, 16, maybe even 18 feet, uh, which would make it you know more conceivable he could play along Yona, alongside Jonas Valanciunas. Um, but yeah, with Siakam and Pirtle, unless Lucas Nogueira kind of falls flat on his face. In that backup center spot, it's tough to see either of them getting minutes right away. Um, but, yeah, they'll be they'll be fun when they're out there. And I know the team's super high on both because what else are they going to say? But um, they'll be interesting. And I'm at most of the D-League games, so it'll be nice to see those guys. So you,
1: do you think uh, Bebe has a pretty good gap or, or a little cushion for... Because he can be inconsistent at times.
0: Yeah, I think the impression I got from Dwayne Casey uh, in talking to him at Summer League in Vegas was that the team is expecting, they're not handing anything to Lucas Noguera, but if they were penciling it in right now, um, they are hoping that Noguera can take the job and run with it. Um, Again, they, I think they'd like to get Pirtle some D league time uh, to kind of get the schemes down and get used to the speed of the game. Uh, Utah kind of changed their schemes a lot on both ends of the floor in two years. So he's like, He's kind of in a weird spot where he can do a little bit of everything, but he doesn't have a lot of reps in any one system. Um, so I think they'd like to get him a little more refinement. And then my my personal preference would be if Noguera struggles, you know, Sullinger should play some minutes at center with this team, with the wing depth that they have and the guard depth that they have. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't know if Pertle or, or Siakam's next in line, even if Noguera struggles. Uh, I'm kind of hoping Noguera figures it out, though, just because... He's such a good quote where if he were playing regular minutes. Um, also, he does some things that like none of the other Raptors bigs can do. Like he can play above the rim. Um, he's a terrific dive threat because he's so long. And then, you know, other than Sullinger, he's probably their best big man passer from the high post. Uh, he went down to the D League and was like threatening triple doubles while he was down there last year. Um, and he's pretty creative in that regard. So I'm, I'm hopeful, but like it's a very cautious optimism.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, when he had that 14 point game against Golden State in December, it was like, ah, man, this guy may be coming. Then, yeah, of really all happened. the teams,
0: <laughs> of all the teams to play well against, he had a great back to back against Atlanta and Golden State, <laughs> and then like couldn't hang with like the Sixers, and then like in the playoffs when Valanciunas went down, he couldn't, he couldn't oh, figure yeah, it
1: right. out. Yeah, that meant, I that was like, I was hope. There's like four or five international guys that I'm just like, all right, play more. Eddie Tavares is another guy from the Hawks I always root for.
0: Oh, uh, Anyway, dude, that that guy's hands.
1: Are oh my god! So ridiculous. Yeah, seven nine wingspan. He, he's one of my favorites. I'm. I've I'm, done evil, but I kind of hope Dwight misses some time so we get to see a little bit of Mr. Tavares. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last question here, and you kind of already gave us an answer, I guess, but I'll ask it point blank here. Do you think anyone could compete for most improved player or kind of have a little bit of a breakout? Not necessarily most improved, but I guess the question is, who do you see having like the best improvement this season?
0: I think the answer is Norman Powell, which is the easy answer because of how much he improved last year during the year. Uh, But, you know, most improved, when people come down to vote for it, you're going to look at last year's stats. And last year's stats, Powell played 49 games. He averaged 5.6 points. Um, I think he's going to have a larger role than that, or at least that same role over 82 games. Uh, I think, you know, as people get... As people realize that he's, uh, you know, a capable offensive player, they'll be watching more closely and realize that he's a terrific defender already, too. Um, You know, he can handle twos. He's quick enough to help on ones. Uh, Some threes, even as I mentioned, you know, he said he saw time on Paul George and Dwayne Wade and those bigger types. Um, So he's going to be an interesting piece. I don't think anyone else takes a jump like that, barring injury. And personally, the way I would vote for most improved player, you know, a, a sophomore, improving on his rookie year as he gets a bigger role like that shouldn't qualify for for me really Uh, but you know Powell also has shown some like tangible improvements beyond just his minutes um, where you know the book on him was he was a straight line driver only and he's now attacking at angles out of the corners he can pass off the uh off the dribble a little bit and then his three-point shot improved to where you know the the thing to watch in preseason is how other teams uh, treat him outside the three-point line because they kind of ignored him even as he was shooting 40%. Um, so there are some questions with Norman Powell still uh, about how he takes the next step, but he's definitely the guy you look up and down this roster. And, you know, the Raptors didn't change a lot and they got younger a little bit. So if you're looking at how they maintain or how they take the next step forward, he's probably the easy answer.
1: Okay, so, so since you sound like you're so high, him, I want to ask you one more quick thing. Do you think that Powell's potential breakout could hurt Damari Carroll's minutes? We haven't really talked much about Carroll.
0: Um, I don't know if hurt is the right word, but it would allow them to manage Damari Carroll's minutes more closely. Uh, One of the reasons they got Carroll is because they didn't like the idea of of one of Terrence Ross or DeMar DeRozan uh, guarding threes. Uh, for in DeRozan's case, because that's a physical toll for your highest usage scorer, and then for Ross's case, because he just hasn't proven very good at guarding the bigger guys. Um, he's not nearly as good as Contavious Caldwell-Pope defensively, but he's more that style defender where he's a, one, a two-one guy rather than a two-three. Um, so yeah, I, I think they. I don't think they want to play you know DeRozan or Powell or Ross a ton at the three, but you'll see it in spot minutes for sure. Uh, because that's the best way to get everyone involved and keep Carroll fresh and, you know, keep DeRozan fresh by not having him guard a top guy. So, you know, we talked about Lowry's minutes coming down. Um, Carroll's Carol's, minutes are probably going to be managed a little more closely as they look to get more than, you know, 25 games out of him this year. So, yeah, I, I don't know if hurt's the right word. It might actually help Carroll in the long run.
1: Yeah, I just meant overall playing time. So, I mean, like last year, is at 30 minutes a game. So you're, it sounds like you're thinking like 27 and a half, something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, even if, I guess if it were 30, it would be it would be fine. I don't think he's going to be like a part-time player, right. um, but they'll probably, you know, they're probably going to be pushing him to be a little more honest about how his body's feeling and stuff, because there were two occasions last year where, you know, he tried to tough it out through injuries, and then it just never got the chance to heal, so... Um, I think they'll be a little more cautious with him, and then hopefully, you know, Lowry's load comes down. And we talked about Lowry's playing time. Demar Derozan was top ten of the NBA in minutes too, and that's something he's done forever, save for that one year where he had that weirdo groin injury when he slipped on the floor. Um, I could see his minutes maybe coming down just a just a check too, because they do have this guard and wing depth. And again, that wouldn't be uh, an indictment of Derozan so much as trying to preserve your guys. The, the Raptors know what they are. They know they're going to be, you know, the second to fourth best team in the East. They'll gun for first, um, but that doesn't really matter so much as how they perform in the playoffs. So they can take kind of a, a more cautious approach.
1: Yeah, and DeRozan was more aggressive, too. He was second among guards for free throw attempts. And, I mean, you don't want yeah, he those was, aggressive guys to take so much contact. And yeah, he was top wrist. 10
0: in Miles' run, too, if I remember the, the sport view stats yep. correctly. Yeah, I think I think CJ was number one, and
1: then yeah, this to to Rosen, like you said, he's been really durable besides that one injury. So yeah. see if they dial him back.
0: I mean, I know I know that I sound right now um, like very bubble boyish about how <laughs> I manage the the minutes on the team, and like people got a little annoyed with me last year. I think when the Raptors would be like up twelve in the fourth quarter, and DeRozan and Lowry were still out there, and I was wringing my hands. But <laughs> it, it only takes it, like it only takes one injury, and you know you mentioned Haberstraw's uh, work, and he's done a ton of great work that there is very good science that, you know, you don't want to overtax your guys. At the same time, the Raptors have a really well-respected um, sports science staff. Everyone I've t- ever talked to thinks the world of Alex McKechnie, who kind of heads that up for them and is an assistant coach um, as well. So I don't, you know what, I, I I get super cautious about it when I look at the minutes load and things like that. But that's only, I, I understand that's only part of it, and I only have a little bit of the information that the team has. So, you know, I'm not calling the team out or anything. I'm just, I'm very... I'm scared. I'm a scared little boy.
1: <laughs> I think we'll be all right. We'll, we'll we'll live. You guys got depth at least, right? So uh, yeah, everything will happen. I always love seeing the young. I hate seeing guys get hurt, but. I always get excited about kind of like Christmas, like unwrapping a new toy Go to see what these guys can do like Norm last year.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, so that was awesome, man. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. This is a, a team that a lot of people in the States don't get to see a lot of. There's not a lot of uh, talk about the Raptors. So I mean, everything that you've said is just so, so valuable, especially people who are playing like DFS and stuff. It's going to be great to hear. So thanks again. And um, yeah, just any, any time. Please, please come on. Hope you hope you'll come back.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I might hit you up to come on one of mine ahead of the season as oh, well, if
1: that's cool. Oh, anytime, man. I'll talk basketball to anyone for as long as <laughs> I want. As long as allow me. <laughs> All right, thanks again.
0: Thanks, man.